one day I was just, you know, I, I've always enjoyed reading, um, yeah. reading fiction, science fiction, uh, suspense, mystery, you know, that kind of a genre. And one day I just told my wife, I want to write a novel. And she said, really? <laughs> She's like, you don't know how to write a novel. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it. So <laughs> that's what's up. Welcome to Lancelot's Roundtable. When I was a kid, single digits kid growing up in Clintonville in Ohio, I used to play with a couple neighborhood kids, and in the absence of video games, computer games, uh, you know, tablets and iPads, in the absence of all that kind of crazy technology, we would play outside for hours and we would use our imagination. And I remember playing a game where somebody was a wizard, somebody was like a king or a knight or something, and we would just play this game fighting bad guys. Who knows who the bad guys were? It was a very imaginative game. And I remember at one point I decided during the summer that I wanted to write this story. So I took a literal pen to literal paper, and I began to pen out this story that was in my head. Uh, I did not get very far as a kid. I just remember at some point I was like, this is really monotonous because I would go back and read something that I had written, didn't like how it was worded, wanted to reword it, but I didn't want to have to rewrite the whole page. And I definitely didn't want to have to rewrite every page because of a sentence. So eventually I just gave up. And I can remember when I was a teenager, uh, we, got, we had like our first personal computer. This is back when people started buying personal computers. Isn't that crazy to think about? I'm dating myself here. I opened up Word document. I had another story in my head, uh, a little bit more... Uh, advanced than what a seven-year-old could come up with. I don't remember how old I was, but I started writing this thing, and I was like, oh, this is cool. The editing is a lot easier. I did that for a while. Um, Never really got anywhere, never really did anything with it. I've had a couple other writing projects over the years, um, but I never actually published or anything. So today I'm really excited because I have a guest who not only had an idea of a story in his head, but he wrote the whole story, and he published the story. And it's a book that you can actually find on Amazon called Barriers by Patrick Skelton. So go look that up. Go make the purchase. Patrick, welcome to Lancelot's yeah, Roundtable. Thanks for having me, Lance. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to know, have you always written? Have you always had ideas in your head? Yeah, I, I would say I've always kind of been a, a little bit of a sci-fi nerd. Sure. Um, probably... You know, it's probably started as a kid. I was into Star Wars, and, you know, I was obsessed with Star Wars and, you know, Star Trek, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, I would say, really, it kind of dawned on me around college. I was taking an uh, English comp course, mm-hmm. and, you know, involved some creative writing. And that's kind of when I started exploring, uh, actually creating my own stories. Um, and I didn't really... You know, I, I took I took the course. I took I took a couple courses actually, and I I definitely enjoyed it. I, I got good grades in there, and yeah. but then I kind of left it at that for a while. I graduated college in uh, 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of got on with my life. You know, I was a marketing major, although I haven't done a whole lot in marketing since. Sure. Until I put the book out, but then it hit me around 2011, 2010, 2011, sometime sometime around. I think it was 2010. Mm-hmm. One day I was just, you know, I, I've always enjoyed reading, um, yeah. reading fiction, science fiction, uh, suspense, mystery, you know, that kind of a genre. And one day I just told my wife, I want to write a novel. And she said, really? Huh. 
She's like, you don't know how to write a novel. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it. So <laughs> That's what's up. So, yeah. So, in 2011, I attempted to write my first novel. It was called The Device, and it was terrible. <laughs> At least you but, knew. <laughs> but we learned from our failures. So, yes. I spent about a year working on that. Uh, my wife was my editor. And it, this, was, this was just a couple years after uh, Kindle came out. I think Kindle came out around mm-hmm. 2000. Eight, sure. I think sure. so. I was kind of riding on that Kindle train for the first few years. People were just just loading up their Kindles with like any book they could find. And, okay. And, and and what I realized is the door uh, uh, for publishing was really open for me because when Kindle came out, basically anybody who could string a sentence together could put content out there and sell it. Really. And so that that's kind of. Uh, that that was my first experience in publishing. Got it. And uh, and ever since I've been kind of you know I put the device down for a few years and then I realized uh, you know what I think it's time to really try this again. Hmm. Um, kind of learn from the things I did wrong on that first story. And around two thousand, I think it was two thousand. Uh, see, I put I put I put barriers out. I think it was two thousand nineteen. Around 2017, I started getting into writing again. I started figuring out uh, what what's kind of story I wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of where I picked it up. So I want to go back to the device. How did you come to the realization that it wasn't good? Um, what was that process a, a, a like? Com- a combination of things. Sure. Um, I, I think as I studied, as I spent time studying uh, story structure, after the, after I did the device, uh, I got I got some mixed feedback on it, you know. And, and a, as a writer, you have to take the good with the bad. Yes. Um, they always say you take reviews with a grain of salt because it's always somebody's opinion on your work. Sure. But you have to like look at it and see what people are saying about it. Yeah. And and, and try to try to extract the, the 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 good criticism you can take from it, and try to grow as a whatever art you're trying to do Absolutely. you know yeah so i kind of i kind of figured out what people liked about the device what they didn't like about it got it and then i kind of started realizing okay i see where i failed there you yeah. know like i i kind of had this good build up and then i just really kind of did did do a good job at just giving that finale that people like wanted in a story yeah and then i spent the next couple of years after that just reading a lot of books mm. on like writing how to better my craft and so I, I really tried to put all that stuff that I learned uh, since doing the device into yeah. barriers. I, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's really helped the book yeah. do a lot better. Yeah. You know? So, like, with with the feedback, were you getting it mostly from just people you knew? Or did you um, get yeah, it, it out? Was a, it was just a lot of random strangers. Uh, like my Amazon reviews. Um, I, I had joined a critique group. Too. Got there's it. a great uh, internet site called Critique Circle. Okay, and it's where you can submit your stories, and you can have other other authors basically critique each other's work. Oh wow! Yeah, and you get this cool little uh, point system. So if you if you, you know, I haven't been on there in a while. It's been a couple years, but okay. it used to be if you get like uh, three critiques on somebody else, then you get like a point system, and okay. then you earn the right for your whatever chapter you're working on it's like bump up in a queue and then other people like you know critique it wow so that, that's how i learned a lot of the things that i did wrong in yeah. the device yeah yeah well that's in, that's really interesting i've never 
I wouldn't have never even thought to do that, but like putting that's really putting your stuff out there. Oh, it is. <laughs> it, it, it's a it, it's a, uh, a, a and one thing I've learned to do since then is not be so sensitive about mm. what people think about it. Because yeah. when it's your first story, it's like your baby. Yes, you're putting your baby out there, <laughs> and it, and it's just rough, you know. Yeah. But then you realize, and I and I think when you get enough good reviews on your book, you realize, hey, you know, enough people like this. Yeah. Like that's my target, and I can tell enough people like it, so therefore I, I can put up with some bad reviews because I know that half the people that read it don't hate it. I yeah. know at least seventy five percent like it. And that's <laughs> and that's that's like good enough for me. You yeah. Know? Okay, so now I, that was re- I was really interested in that. So now I kind of want to know more about. So like you you made the the switch to actually writing barriers. What did you say that was two thousand nineteen? You started that. No, well, two thousand nineteen is when it. I published it. It took me about two years to write it. So, so I started in twenty seventeen. Okay, yeah. So tell me about like what your writing process looked like. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I work a full time job, so right. it's always a challenge um, to try try to work the writing in around working like full days and. Uh, but but I, I tend to write, and, I, and to this day, I still try to carve out about 30, 30 minutes to an hour a day um, just plugging on it. And most of the time, it, it's on my lunch break. I'll have my laptop, hmm. you know, and I'll, I'll – uh, even lately, I've just been working in my car. Like, I get out of my office, and I sit in my car with my laptop hmm. with, a, with my coffee, and I just kind of just start, you know – I, I have a word count I try to get in. I usually try Got to it. get in maybe 350 words a day. Got it. You know, and, and 350 words a day over the course of a year is a novel, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just about, I kind of think of it as, you know, your, your dad is a carpenter. Right. You know, I'm sure when he starts out a project, it's just a block of wood. Right. You know, and he's gradually making it into something, fine-tuning it, you know? Yes, absolutely. And so I, I, I try to just think of it as like... um small little building blocks so it's not so overwhelming. Yep. I think of it in terms of just like little scenes. Yep. I, I actually more specifically I think of it as signposts. Like mm. I've kind of thought about the story in a really rough um idea ahead of time. Mm-hmm. More like little guideposts. Like like I'm like, you know, I know I know who my main characters are. Yeah. I kinda know what the general like world is yeah. in that story. And and I kind of have an idea of some of the major things that need to happen along the way. Those are kind of like my signposts. Right. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, generally I'm like, okay, three scenes ahead. I kind of need this thing to happen so that I can further the story here. So I kind of just have these rough, like more of an outline I work from. Yeah. And then I write each scene kind of based on that outline, but I leave a lot of room to sort of in in the writing world, they call it pant pantsing. Okay. Either a pantser or a plot, a plotter is somebody who just, plots out every little detail ahead of time and okay. a pantser is somebody who like flies by see their pants yeah i'm kind of right in the middle like i kind of plot it out in a rough way okay and then i sort of pants it as i go like i i, I just kind of leave room for the creative juices to kind of hit when yeah. i'm doing the scene and a lot of times i'll be like oh wow i never really thought of that until i like actually started like, like right. writing it yeah i think that's very similar to stephen king there is a really good friend of mine Gave me a book. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's basically Stephen King talking about mm-hmm. writing. On There's, writing, I think is the name. Is of that it. the name of it? That's On it. writing. That yep. sounds right. Yep. So in that book, he talks about right. I think it's two thousand five hundred words a day that he cranks he's out. Pretty prolific. Yeah, he's cr- yeah. He's, he's obviously yeah. super talented. Obviously, when you have all day to write, you know. Yes. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah. <laughs> but he talked about uh, in that. I don't know if you read it, but he talks about. 
um, that he doesn't, I think he basically said he doesn't outline. He has an idea in his head and then he just starts there and he just mm-hmm. sees where yeah, it yeah. goes. Yeah. And that's how he gets to like the big unexpected things because mm-hmm. he's never expecting it. It just hits, hits mm-hmm. him, which sounds very similar to kind yeah, of what you're I, I, and I read his book a long time ago. And I think you're right. I think that's kind of how he works. Yeah. 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 Can you tell me a little bit more about the books that you got? Do you remember any of the books that you got that were like on the process of writing? Um, well, th- th- there's one author that I love. His name is James Scott Bell. And, and, uh, he's got all kinds of books on writing. He's written a lot of fiction too. His stuff is more like legal thrillers, okay. which even though I write science fiction, I like legal thrillers. Oh yeah. Like some of old John Gershman's old books and stuff yep. because I, I like the element of mystery and stuff that you get from that. Agreed. And I kind of try to combine that into my writing a little bit. Well, I was going to say that kind of, I mean, I've read, I, I don't remember how many chapters I haven't read the whole thing, yeah. but I read several chapters of barriers and that was one of the things that kind of got me yeah. was the mystery aspect that it's in there. I'm not going to give any spoilers, folks, because I want you to go read the book for yourself. <laughs> but I think it was you had a really good hook in the first chapter because it's always kind of hard to get through a first chapter of a book, I think. Sure. But I was reading. I was reading. Also, your chapters aren't really long in that book, which I appreciated. Um, but I was reading along through the first chapter. And I was like, okay, here's the characters. But it felt like things got moving pretty quickly. So, yeah. like, when you get to the end of one of your chapters so far from what I've read, you kind of want to keep going. Yeah. But you Good. don't feel like you don't – I didn't feel like when I started a chapter, I was like, okay, this won't be super long, so I can go ahead and read this, and it won't be 40 pages. Yeah. Because I don't I, – yeah. I'm one of those people who doesn't like to end in the middle of a chapter. Yeah. No, same here. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm kind of read the same way you do. I actually – you know, I always try to read something every day, so, so I'm reading fiction – so, so I'm kind of looking at what other authors are doing, and I'll read maybe 20 minutes, you know. Yep. And that's kind of where I'm like, okay, good, good point to stop, you know. Yeah. And I kind, I kind of, I guess subconsciously, that's kind of like, I, I, I guess I, I don't really think about it, but yeah, now, now that you bring that up, I guess I kind of do that. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, it's, a, it's a good book so far, and you, you're not planning on just doing that one book, right? It's yeah, a series. Yeah, I, I am planning on doing a sequel, and. Depending on how how both books do combined, um, I got ideas for a prequel too because I feel like there's a lot going on in the Barriers universe. Yes, absolutely. Where a prequel could sort of add a lot of cool backstory to it, like a how we got there. Yeah, how type we of got thing. there and who created the barriers and a story sort of like before it all happens. Do you think it was Microsoft or do you think it was Tesla? <laughs> <laughs> Just I kidding. Told you would have to kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's really that. Okay. So that's cool. So yeah, he, you're still working on stuff even yep. right now, right? Yep. I am. Yeah. I, I actually, before I came over today, I'm working on the sequel. I you worked are. on it for about an hour as we were going back and forth over uh messenger. I was working on my next chapter. Okay. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. All right. I'm excited about that. Um, so people can get, so when I was looking for the book, I was looking on Amazon, you can get it on Kindle, but you can also get a hard copy. I got yeah. mine on Kindle. Yeah. So that we have it on the iPad that the kids are using right now. Um, but yeah, so you're planning on doing another sequel. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what your favorite books are growing oh, up? Oh man, uh, I'm probably, you know, I, I'm probably greatly influenced by some of the old classic science mm-hmm. fiction books like 198 like George Orwell's 1984 you need to like, read like that one classic dystopian yeah like Brave New World um some of Ray Bradbury's books probably more recently like I like the Hunger Games trilogy a lot yep. I like mm-hmm. the movies I haven't read all the books but um 
I, th I think a lot of the, the, those sort of dystopian books are sort of subconsciously kind of, it kind of makes its way into the things I write. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But but I, I like a lot of old, like some old John Gers Gershom's. I, I feel like the books he wrote for the first ten years, from about nineteen, from the mid nineties to about two thousand, were his best books. Yep. So I, I I like I like a good mystery, a good legal thriller mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. You know. So one thing I've thought about is trying to maybe explore mixing genres together a little bit absolutely i don't know if you ever seen there, there's a movie called blade runner it was released in oh, the yeah. early 80s oh yeah I, I i like the one thing i like about that movie is it blends like uh futuristic uh world with with, with like a detective story at the yes. same time and i think it's a really cool like niche market yes i might kind of maybe explore that a little bit okay love that yeah. um what was my question I hate it when I forget my question. That's why I have a pen and paper so I can write it down. Can you tell me, can you tell me, my wife just looked at me because she's the organized one. Tell me a little bit about Jen, your wife, editing. Oh, she, I, I, I couldn't do it without her. Definitely. She's a teacher. Um, there you go. Very grammar savvy. Like I, I probably get my story, especially with barriers. She helped me with a device too, but she's grown as an editor too. That's and, good. And, uh, so she did all my editing on barriers, and um, and, and she's pretty tough too. She'll tell <laughs> me if something's not working. Yeah. She's a good content editor and a good um, copy editor. So she's good at she does the whole thing. Does um, does she? I'm kind of just curious on how granular it is. Does she? Will she correct for you, like a comma here and there, or she, does she leave it to you? She. It depends on what she's in the mood for. <laughs> <laughs> she's got time she'll go through and, and and actually do some of the corrections for me but what what we generally do is i try to get the story as close as i can get it yeah um in my own limited you know to 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 to, to my furthest limits i try to get it as good as i can get it yeah and that's before i even give anything to her i have a critique group um an, an online critique group right and i have what they call beta readers like okay. people who give you kind of you give a you give an advanced copy to, and they sort of give feedback on it, that sort of thing. Do you pay for that? No, no. These are just people that have volunteered to do it wow. um, that, that I've kind of built relationships with over the years from my online critique group. Got it. Okay. And so I get feedback from them on the story, but it's mostly on content, not like grammar, more like large like yeah, plot issues sure. and stuff. Yeah. And so I, I'll, I'll write the whole story. Well, this is how I did barriers, so I can only really – that's my main – my original novel, The Device, doesn't count. Sure. In my opinion. Sure. So, so Barriers is really my debut novel. And yeah. the way we did it, so I basically did the whole story, gave it to my critique group. They gave me feedback from that. And then I printed off a copy because my wife likes to actually work on physical hard copy. copy. Yeah. And, and we've kind of discovered that your eyes catch things by looking at, like, paper. That yeah. You don't see on Absolutely. a computer screen. Yeah. Did just something about a different having it in a different format right. makes your eye see, you know, catch things differently. Yeah. So then I'll print it all out for her. She'll go through it and mark it all up, you know, and there's usually red marks, at least with barriers, there was red <laughs> all over it. And it's like a little bit of my soul just kind of gets crushed when I see it, you know, but, yeah. but, but, uh, yeah. So, so then we, you know, she tells me everything she thinks isn't working, grammar issues, that sort of thing. I, I went back, uh, rewrote it. Printed it out again. She looked at it again, marked more things up, 
printed it out again, and then I think it went through three or four revisions until... The whole book. The whole book, yeah, until we finally, you know, said, hey, you know, I think this is good, you know. Wow. And, yeah, we, we spent you... about six months of editing, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's so hardcore. Yeah, that's I, the part that I have a hard time oh, it's, with. It, the temptation is just to put it out there immediately. Right. But especially being a, um, an independently published author... You have to work a little harder to make sure that, you know, um, since this isn't going through a mainstream publisher, you kind of you have to go out of your way to earn the trust of right. people that wouldn't normally take a take a chance on yep. like a self-published author. Yep. So I know when we did barriers, you know, I, you know, I told Jennifer, I'm like, look, we got to like make this really good. Yeah. Because this is really my debut novel. And and I don't want to I, I I want it to go over well. I don't want a bunch of grammar issues in it. Yeah. You know? So I, I feel like we gave it the time that it needed. You know. How did you stay motivated during that process? The revisions and the revisions and. The- um, it, it's hard because th- that is a really boring yeah. process for me. <laughs> yeah. Because because I'm a more of a creative person. Yeah. And when it just gets down to all those little nuts and bolts, I get sort of impatient with it. Mm-hmm. I think staying motivated. Just kind of, kind of being able to take a step back and have a vision of like where you see it on down the road. Mm. Like you know, I would love to see my book at the on on the bestseller list on Amazon. I would just love it. Yeah, you know? not yeah. not that I'm seeking fame or anything, but every author wants their Absolutely. book to not be some obscure thing that just sits out there on like cyberspace. You know. Yeah. So that that's kind of what kept us motivated. I'm like, okay, any book that's on the bestseller list is a well edited book. You yeah. Know? Yes. So that kind of kept me motivated. So it's almost just looking at that end result, the, the dream end result. Absolutely, not just yeah. publishing and getting not, not it out Not living there. in the moment, being able to have that yeah. vision to kind of look on down the road, you know. It's very important yeah. in life and in other Absolutely. things. So uh, for the people that don't know, can you talk about what a dystopian novel is as opposed to another type it's of kind novel? Of a, it, it's kind of a word. It gets thrown, a lot, thrown around a lot, and it can yeah. have different meanings. I mean, I think for me, and I think the traditional view of it, in some way, it presents a future society. It usually always involves some sort of society that's mm-hmm. being controlled in some way. Okay. Um, and uh, it usually involves an infringement on, on the rights of citizens, on the in- individual rights for some sort of collective goal. Okay. And um, I think when people think traditional dystopian, they think of like, you know, 1984, Brave New World, some of those like classic books. So I, I think that's kind of when, when I say dystopian, I think that's kind of what, you know, um, and the funny thing is, like, you know, I put it out a couple of years ago before, like, all the lockdowns and all stuff. All the insanity. And I'm getting, like, people saying, you know, people that have written me that have read it or sent me emails like this. How did, how did like, this is, this is just kind of like a little too, like, you know, <laughs> real world. I'm like, seriously, I put it out, like, two years ago. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Before. Yeah. So if you're listening to this recording, it is Christmas time, 2020. So this is post. Well, not post. uh, Well, we're not in a lockdown. Our state isn't in a lockdown, but other states are going back into a lockdown. Different areas in the country going back down to lockdown. COVID is spiking. Uh, Some of the deaths are spiking. The death rate is still low which is good, but were these just random people, not random people, but like strangers that you don't know that have picked up your book? Yeah, these were, uh, the, yeah, these were um, people, cause, because in my book now, I had a little link where, you know, um, they can 
click on this link and join my like newsletter. Got that, it. that gives them basically when they do that, I get their email address okay. and then they can write me and they're directed to a website, you know, where they can um, put in information and get a hold of me. I think it's how these people have found me. That makes I, sense. I, I don't really, I, they're people I've never met. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You, did you say that link was on Amazon? I'm sorry if I missed that. Uh, yeah, well, the, the, the link is on my book. So, so, so when you read got the it. book, I got some links at the end of the book. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll put all of that in the... Yeah, so go get the book, cool. guys. Go get the book if you want to get in contact <laughs> with Patrick. Send him a note. He will respond, maybe. I, I, I respond to any email <laughs> I get. That's one thing I've tried to do. Is there you go. I, I give everybody a personal response. Yeah. So here's the, here's the thing, since he's, he's working on the second book now. So if you go and you get the book and you get in contact with him... Before he's super on the you know bestseller list on Amazon, you can contact him, give him maybe some feedback, and and then you might read something in Barriers in your or the ne- what, what's the next one going to be called? Um, I'm I'm still working on the title. I'm thinking of the Solaris Project. Okay. Um, but th- that's just kind of a title, a working, working title, title, yeah, working title, yeah. So my point there was, we'll call it Barriers Two, so that you can keep you know working on that but if you you know you could end up seeing something in barriers too and you're like oh that's what i wrote patrick about that character did what i thought he should do (laughs) and patrick wrote that down actually one thing i've been trying to do on my blog i've started um just to sort of get one thing as an author or anybody that's trying to sell a product is you don't want to come off as too like in today's climate where people are constantly pushed um, advertisements and stuff. Yep. One thing you got to try to do is is create something that's interactive for yes. people. Mm-hmm. And and one thing I've been doing is recently I started a blog where people can help me create a story. Yeah, that's and I awesome. just started. I started like a month ago, and so each entry um, is part of a story, and people can comment and kind of give me ideas on where they think the story is going to head, and then I kind of add that into a new post. And, Okay. But that's not even related to barriers. It's just kind yeah, of a, just, a kind of a set. But but if people go to my blog, um, which is posted in that book at the end of barriers, it takes them to my blog, and I'm kind of using that as more of my website right now. Okay. And that's where they can find you know my my email and that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So is that an easy website that you can tell them? Yeah. It, it, it's um. No, not not really. It's not. It, it's, okay. It's a little. We'll yeah, be putting yeah, it in the show yeah, notes. So yeah. if you're if you're listening to yeah. this, you can get it. And from I have a website. It's patrickskelton.com. It's completely outdated. Um, and I, I need to go down. I need to sit through and actually update it. But that's probably the best way for people to find me. It's just patrickskelton.com. Dot com. Okay. Yeah, but that's I, easy I, it, it, It's in dire need of some, like, updates. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. The, but, I mean, you only have so much time, and you can only prioritize what you can prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, – I tend to not be the greatest at, at like, the marketing stuff. Sure. Even though I was a marketing major. <laughs> so that's like the stuff I dread doing. And I think when I update my website, I'm going to add the link to the blog in there. Because the blog is like, it, 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 I had to come up with, uh, I, I think I'm calling it um, um, the, the attic envelope at blogspotblogger.com. Because the attic envelope is the name of the story I'm writing. Got it. Okay. But it's like slash blogger. It's, it's a yeah. little, you know. Yeah, you can't it's, just it's rattle it off. It's hosted by blogger. So okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't just rattle those off. Yeah. I know because we tried. We've tried to do a couple blog type things, and we always had to use a website. And you cannot just 
keep it in your head because it's not like yeah. lancefallis.com yeah. or whatever. So, okay. Um, I, when I grew up, I wrote, or not wrote, I read, um, I think, The Hobbit. I think that was one of my favorite initial. Love The Hobbit, yeah. Yeah, it's such a, it was such a yeah. good book. Yeah. Um, I did it for a book report, and I think I did 200, be- because I, was, I am and was a procrastinator. So I basically ended up having to read the last 100 or so pages in one night. I was up till I think, midnight or 2 o'clock in the morning, something like that. But that was a really, really, really good book. Um, and then obviously the Lord of the Rings, those are two of my, mm-hmm. well, that's, that's obviously a trilogy. Those are a couple of my favorites. I yeah. got into, in college, I got for like a second, I got into Tom Clancy. I oh, think, yeah. I think it was Hunt for yeah. October. I think that's yeah, one that's I started with. I've seen the movie, never read the book. Yeah. The, the, with like Sean Connery. There's so much more depth yeah. in the book, oh, yeah. but I'm sure. that's what you'd expect. I yeah. love the movie too, though. So what other projects do you have going on? Well, I'm working on I, I, one thing I'm trying to do on the side is work on short stories. Because short hmm. stories are a cool way to get more content out there a lot quicker. Yeah. And I'm trying to work on some short stories I can submit to some various magazines or like online magazines. There's, there's, there's a couple science fiction magazines that have a pretty big following. So, I, like, it kind of in the meantime, while I'm working on like larger novels, um, I'm trying to crank out some stories. I got about three or four in the works that are like maybe, you know, like 20 pages long, you know, kind of things. Okay. Because stories are a good way to get your name out there, especially if you can get it put into a magazine with, a, you know, with 100,000 subscribers, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm doing on the side as far as writing goes. I'm into music, too, and I have a little studio. Sure. In my basement. I'm kind of working on some of my own songs. You know, I play guitar, sing right. a little bit. Right. Play a little harmonica. So I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that's just one of my little... You know, I don't. I don't have any delusions of making it big sure. know, in music, but um, or, or writing really, <laughs> to be honest with you. But um, yeah, so that's just kind of you know, I'm into music writing. Is like that's kind of kind of the things I like to do. Yeah. yeah. What what genre of music? Like pretty folky. I like folky stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So the first guy, one of the first guys that I had on the podcast, we were we were talking about a lot of different things. One of the things that we talked about was the importance of, as a guy, having a really good hobby. Maybe not even just one hobby, maybe a couple hobbies, but there being one hobby that kind of keeps you on an edge. That's the way I think I put it. Mm -hmm. So something where you're not great at it, but it's something that you can continue to refine and get better and better at. Yeah, that actually reminds me, my wife has a cool um, um, magnet thing on our refrigerator, and, and a lot of times I remind it of it, but the magnet says uh, it's something about the key to contentment is find something that makes you happy, mm-hmm. find something you're good at, find something to look forward to. Ooh, that's good. And and, 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 and there's days when, you know, writing for me, I'm like, ah, oh, it's so much work. And a lot of times I'm, I'm not getting the return on investment that I want to see. Mm-hmm. But then I'm thinking, what would I do without it, you know? Same yeah. with music, you know? And, and, and it's kind of what gives me... You know, the feeling that I'm doing something a little more with my life than just clocking in, yeah. you know, going to a job. Because I work a standard nine-to-five job, you know. Yep. And when you just do that all the time, and that's great if you find your your purpose or whatever, like, through that. But I'm, I'm one that doesn't. So right. I have to have things on the side that sort of give me this, that, this um, that add fun to life, yeah. you know. And, you know, my wife and I don't have any kids either, so... 
So it's it's important. You know, some people find it with their kids. You know, investing in their kids is how they get their purpose. You know. Um, yeah. But for me, it's definitely having some creative outlets. I yes. think that really keep me just for the fun of creating something. You know. Yeah, I'm. I Kim and I are both fairly creative people in different ways, and I don't. I just think it adds a lot more color to your life. Because mm-hmm. I, I work yeah. an office job as well. I did not want to work an office job when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do something. I wanted to be a pilot. We talked about that. I wanted to be a pilot, thought I was going to be a pilot. That didn't happen. So for the last, ever since I graduated, I've been doing the nine to five job, several different kinds. Um, and man, yeah, without a creative outlet of some sort, I think life is just so much more dull. Um, one of the, one of the other guys that I ha- I've had on the podcast, he is a really talented musician. I knew him, I've known him pretty much my whole life. So we were talking about the creative process and there is something just to be said about putting, putting that part of yourself into that thing. And then, well, you even mentioned it, then putting that out into the world that takes guts, that takes a level of vulnerability, which is really, I think important. It makes us, it makes us better. I, I think. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, I'm kind of an introvert and I, I feel like I need to have some way to put words to, to get this sort of an outlet for me to observe life on a deeper level, I guess, and force myself to do it, I guess. Yeah. Because sometimes you can just go about when you, when you just work a nine to five job, you start to feel like a robot. Oh a yeah. Bit. And I think having a creative outlet sort of forces me to sort of, like maybe even understand people a little more because sometimes when I'm like writing characters, sometimes I think about people, I model them a little bit after people that I see in real life. And it sort of forces me to think about, you know, what's, what's important to me? What do I like about people? What do I not like about people? Yeah. Um, But it it just forces me to reflect a little more about things that I think are important. Not having the creative outlet, I think I would go days and days sometimes where, you know, like, who am I, you know? Yeah. Like, what, what do I think about anything? You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good way to process what's Absolutely, going on yeah. in the world. Yeah. And what's going on in your own life. Yeah. Uh, where you came from. I think we were talking about this a little while ago. I was kind of curious if you could go a little bit further into it. But the idea of putting yourself out there and doing all that, so, like, all, just all of the challenges that you faced going from I think I want to write a novel to it's out there can you just talk people a little bit through just some of the different challenges that you encountered and how you yeah I I think the number one thing is I mean I I mean it's given you got to have a good story you know Mm -hmm. so I think once you've once you've put the work in the studying lots of books on how to craft good stories getting feedback that sort of thing once it comes time to actually publish it and it depends on, you know, you got to make some big decisions. Do you want to go a traditional route, right. which is where you take it and you try to get one of the big three, you know, Random House. I can't remember what the other ones are. Penguin. I haven't been involved in that in a while, so I, I can't think of the other one. But but to get published by those big ones, you got to go through an agent, a, liter, a literary agent. Most of them are out of New York City. So there's a big process um, where you have to query the agents and, and, then, and then try to get them interested in it and pitch it to them and all that sort of thing. Or you can decide to go the um, um, the, in, the the indie, what they call the indie publishing route, yep. which is where you basically do it all yourself. And 
Um, you got to figure out, you know, where you want to put your money. Yeah. How much money do you want to spend on book cover design? Like I hired a book cover designer. Hmm. Um, you, you got to, you're going to have to do some marketing. So you got to figure out how you can market it, who you should contact. And, and there, there's definitely a lot to do, especially if you do it, you do it all yourself. Yeah. Um, you're basically kind of running like your own company. You right. Know? Yeah. You're doing it all yourself. Yeah. You're self branding yeah. and yeah. Um, but the cool thing about Amazon now though, is it doesn't really cost you anything. You can put out a, uh, a Kindle, a Kindle download for free. Hmm. Um, doesn't cost me anything other than the, you know, whatever money I put into the editing process or, yeah. you know, the actual product itself, you know, like the cover and that sort of thing. But Amazon does not charge. They take a royalty. Like for me, they keep, they keep, I think it's 30, around 30% now. And I keep 70% of it. Okay. And then you can even do a paperback through Amazon, um, which is a long process of you design the paperback, you submit it to them as like PDF files, but they have a cool print on demand option. That's okay. what I did. Okay. So basically when somebody orders it off Amazon, Amazon prints the book immediately. Like they don't keep any stock of it. Wow. So, so they print it up, ship it out, and it doesn't cost me anything. A then, si- like they, a single copy? Yep, just a single copy. Yep. Wow. And uh, Amazon takes a pretty hefty cut of it. I think I, I keep about 5% of the sale, you know? <laughs> but, you know, it's just another, it's another copy. It's, it's another, um, you know, media that, that somebody can buy, you know? Yeah. So that option is cool to have that. So, okay, well, that's a, I think that's a good thing to bring up for the people, especially if they're going to go buy your book. So you would get more return if people bought the Kindle version? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, the, the, the problem with the paperback is you have to price it at about 12 or 13 bucks yep. to, to clear Amazon's cut. And right. I think at 12 or 13 bucks, I make about two bucks a copy. Yeah. Now I can sell I can sell a Kindle download for two ninety nine and make two bucks a copy, so it, hmm. it, it's sort of a win win for for both of us. Yeah, you know because I'm going to get more Kindle downloads yeah. because it's cheaper. Yep, and and then the customer can buy the same product for three bucks. You know, right? Yeah, that's I feel like yeah. that's what I got. But there's still a lot of people that still want to, you know, they want to have the old fashioned. They want to have a paperback. They can. I'm kind of the same way too. I, I like I like the feel of turning pages, you know, and yep. it's just something satisfactory about like sort of a feeling of accomplishment when you yeah. finish a book. Like, yeah, I read all these pages, and you can flip through <laughs> yeah. it, you know. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. You set it over and you you put it down, and then you can add it to your bookshelf, yeah. which is a collection. And then when people come over and they see your bookshelf, yeah, oh, this is a well-read yeah. guy. Yeah. Or uh, people just think that you have a lot of books. Well, or it's just a cool feeling. Yeah, I read all these books. I just feel so smart. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I must be so brilliant, smart. Yeah, Call like me a, an intellectual. Well, you see, you see these uh, photos of these famous authors, and they're sitting in their den, you know, and there's all these books stacked behind a whole wall. I have nothing like that. Yeah, I sit in my recliner with my laptop, and that's where I work. Yeah, we have a couple books lying around. Obviously, I definitely haven't read the majority of them. Um, but yeah, we, we recently started getting into just getting books from the library that we want to read. I've moved in the last couple of years, I've moved away from fiction. I've been doing a lot of nonfiction books, but there is something that's just so satisfying about a good, a good fiction book. So 
I mean, I didn't even know about all that stuff about Amazon that you can self-publish that yeah, easily. I, I would say if anybody's interested in it, I, I mean, I, I love to help people out. You know, if there's anybody listening to this and they're like, wow, you know, I, I got ideas for a story and I had no idea I could, I could get my work out there and, and have it out on Amazon, you know. I would love to help people out because I've done that a little bit along the way. You know, people have come to me, how'd you do this? You know? Yeah. I love, I love like, you know, showing people, you know, if you, you don't have to like wait on some big publisher to like put your book out. You can do it yourself, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't cost you much money. So I love like coaching people on it or at least showing them how to do it, giving them the resources, you know, here's where you go to do it, you know, um, like, like Kindle or, or, Amazon who owns Kindle has mm-hmm. their own publishing platform. Okay. Know? So yeah, I mean, if anybody uh, that's listening to this wants some help, you know, I'd love to help them out. Yeah. So yeah, if you want some advice from Patrick, make sure you go to the the link that we put in there to get in contact with him. But that so that I mean, you brought up so many good points. So if there if there are people out there that are interested in getting into writing, it is so much easier. I mean, I opened with the story of me like a kid, you know, I didn't have any tools except a pen and a paper and that demotivated me (laughs) obviously over time. But you really outlined that not only can you write a story that you have in your head, but you can actually get it in front of people easier now than you've ever been able to before. And with, with some of Patrick's stuff that he's outlined here, I think he made it fairly easy where if you have some level of motivation, you could go like do it on your own and you can contact him. Obviously I'm having a question coming in here and we'll probably close after this. The producer, uh, my wife, Kim, she's, that's, that's a good, that, that is actually a really good question. Do you write with music in the background or silence? I've, yeah, that's a good question. I, I tried music at, at one point. Like I tried, um, uh, I, I tried like sort of atmospheric sort of music. I, I like, I don't know if you heard of Chris Nolan. He, he directed like Interstellar yes. and he, he writes, he's really, he writes a genre I'm really interested in. Yes. His movies, he directs and writes them all. And, 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 and you'll notice the guy who does most of his music, his name is like Hans Zimmer. Zimmer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love his soundtracks. Yes. And so I, I, I was trying that for a while. Like I was listening to the soundtracks, <laughs> and, and it still is too distracting for me. And I realized I, I, need, I need a dead quiet space. Like, really? Yeah. I, I just, e- 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 even any music, it, it just, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I have to be completely in my zone when I write. I can't have. I can't have anybody around. That's why I often write in my car, you know, huh. um, on my lunch break, you know, roll the windows up, sit there with my coffee and I write and I'm, I'm in my zone, you know. That's so, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Do you park with like a view? Yeah, there's a park near where I work. I, and it's, it's, it's like a half a mile from where I work. And so I, you'll I, drive there. I'll drive there, you know, and there's some nice trees to at least look at. And I'll just sit there and write. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's a lot so of times awesome. I write on like uh, like on the weekends. I try to write on Saturday and Sunday morning a little bit. My, my wife is a late sleeper, and I'm an early riser. I'm all, I'm a six a.m. person. Oh wow! Yeah, because I, I have to be at work at seven a.m. during the week, so I'm used to getting up early. Got it. And so I have that nice quiet time, you know, before she's up, and I try to get about an hour in. I sit in my recliner with my coffee. You know, I try to get my words in. There you go. Yep. Two hundred and fifty a day. Yep. 
another question just came in. Where can people follow you? Social media? I mean, you had the PatrickSkelton.com. Yeah, I, I, have, I do have a Twitter. Uh, I haven't done a lot with Facebook in a while. I don't think many people have. I, 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 had, <laughs> I, I tried using Facebook for a while as, like, for promoting my books and stuff, and I found that Facebook is mostly good for just keeping in t- contact with friends and family. Yeah. It's not great. It never worked out for me that well for actually, like, promoting and stuff. Yeah. I found Twitter to be a little more useful because I can actually target people a, l- a little more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so people can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's just Patrick Skelton is my handle. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the main place okay. I hang out as far as, like, social media. Awesome. So you guys yep. can get in contact yep. with Patrick on Twitter as well. Rack up his follower account. Give him a blue check mark. I love it. <laughs> and I'll treat you well, too. I like to give, like, freebies. I recently gave out some free short stories to, like, people who signed up for my newsletter. Oh, so, so cool. Yeah. I, I like to treat people that, that actually want to, like, you know, that they like what I'm doing, you know, and they're willing to sign up for my newsletter. I like to give them stuff that the common person doesn't normally get. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Okay, well, this was a really fun episode, fun to record with you, Patrick. This is a blast, man. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Yep. Let's plan on doing something again, at the very least, when when you're ready to publish. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do something. Yep. All right, thanks, everybody. 